Hi everyone, this is Randy Bridges, the budding entrepreneur. In each episode, I cover my experiences, both good and bad, of being a business owner as well as my journey through the crazy world of entrepreneurship to reach my goal of earning $1 million a year. Today's topic is going to be an extension of the one that I gave yesterday, where I talked with you about me being a business hacker. And I want to kind of talk about that, get into some some terms that are easy to understand for everybody, and talk about what it is and what it isn't. So maybe you can see how the benefit of this will come about to just about everybody. First of all, when you think about hacking, you think about computer hacking. Information hacking is what a lot of us would, uh, in the technology world would say, it's, you know, we talk about hacking being the execution of the system. We attack it to find weak spots. This is what information hacking is. You find weak spots that you can take over and escalate permissions that you shouldn't be able to do. You shouldn't be able to get this to work in a certain way. We attack certain areas or we'll come through kind of like uh, some of the things that they said were happening recently in the elections is, you know, you had election polling stations that were attached to a Wi-Fi system. And they actually got in through a, uh, there was a, a climate control device that was also on the Wi-Fi. And they were able to hack in through that and come in and then escalate permissions to get to the point where they can be in the system. Normally, you can't get into the system at all that way. That's the way that systems are supposed to be developed. Almost like uh, what we in security call a Chinese wall. You can't pass information from one side to the other. It has to go through a third-party broker. And in a computer system, that third-party broker is your security kernel. And so that security kernel makes sure that only certain things can talk to certain things. It's, it's a third-party concept. So that's information hacking, and you're trying to escalate permissions to where you can get up and take command and control of the device or the system that you're talking about. Now, that's information hacking. Business hacking is actually closer akin to funnel hacking and a lot of the other types of things that are out there that use a similar term, is to look at another company or look at another process and find the best one that achieves the goals you're looking for. You model that solution and then you fine tailor it to your own company and implement it going through a test process. Okay, so this is, this is essentially what business hacking does at a very high level. You're really trying to model, not copy, model another company similar to what you're doing. Now, there are some companies that simply reset a standard like Apple when they introduced the iPod. It completely introduced a new standard in and of itself. We define best in class as where you 
set the standard to which your competitors are measured and they are measured to your standards and this is this is standard fare for anything going on uh, i i know that i i looked at a uh, a website recently that talked about it they uh, the google website said uh, best in class is a term that's often used to refer to companies that tend to set the standards for the industries in which they labor that's the fancy way of saying the same thing so with business hacking we're looking at other companies that are setting the standard they're similar to us they're similar to our size but not a direct competitor we don't want to be modeling our direct competitors. We want them to model us, which gives us the benefit of first to the finish line. So when we're hacking a business, we're not looking to compromise anything. We're actually looking to implement better systems, better solutions, get better people, and also to employ things like automation of systems, automation of tasks, but automation of decision-making as well. There's a lot of companies that, you know, if you've heard me say that, you know, you throw out the organizational chart, they don't know how to function without that organizational chart. They simply can't function. When you build a company from its strengths, when you build it from its roots and you make it that much more positive for yourself. You're actually able to build block things. So we're building a block and then we'll put it into place and then we'll figure out what blocks we need to build around it. That's where the idea of hacking comes in to look at other companies is what kind of challenges did they hit and what did their people do? That gives you a good hint in what kind of things you're going to need to have inside of your company as well. So your organizational chart is of no value to that. If you're building it with building blocks and you're looking to put pieces together, you can look and see what other companies have done, model their success, model the people that they're using as their guideline. And if, you, if they're successful and you model it, ideally you should be successful too. This is one of the things about best in class that, that everybody kind of gets confused about is they think we have to set all these crazy things in place. Go out and model other companies. Uh, Tony Robbins says, success leaves clues. It's true. If you can see the clues, you can find the success that somebody else is having. So we know that different industries are going to have different things that they're going to encounter. They're having different customers. They're going to do different marketing. That uh, The whole marketing side of things is, is growth hacking, you might hear that, is something that was coined back in, I think, 2010, 2011. And basically it was a you know concept of Dropbox and several other companies that one person was, was going through. So when we're hacking a business, we're going to want to see these, these areas of success that someone else has had. We're going to take it. If it applies to us, we're going to model it for us. 
And then we're going to look at the people we have. We're going to look at our long-term goals. We're going to look at how our business is going to move forward. And ultimately, when we're done, we're going to be able to put best-in-class pieces in place that none of our competitors are going to be able to even come close to. That's the idea behind business hacking. You're really setting a standard that your competitors are only going to be able to copy you. And you're going to be ahead of where they are. Because as you get to the top, then you start looking to the next level. And if you can, look two levels above where you are. Look at different companies that are around you that have, you know, they've been in business for a long time. What kind of issues did they run across? And, you know, sometimes you can just find somebody that's in the business and ask them. That's a form of business hacking. Hey, what happened? How did you guys do this? You know, you've got to be dealing with people that have been there a while or people that really understand what it is that is happening in the company. But that's one of the easiest ways to hack a business. Just go and ask them, what did you do? How did you handle this? Worst case scenario, they tell you, get out. But I've yet to find anybody, especially if you want to do something that's like an interview, where something can come back to them, they can, it will raise their status somehow. I've yet to find somebody who will say, no, I don't want to do that. Well, there's something to be gained for them. Maybe they might. I mean, you know, people, people can make different types of choices. But like I said, I've yet to find anybody. So this is something to kind of think of is as a business hacker, you can hack your own business. Really, you can. Again, it's not complicated. What makes the difference is you usually need an outside perspective. That's where this becomes a challenge is you've got to find who has that outside perspective that you need. And so as you do this, and, and again, sometimes you can ask your own customers, your clients, your, the people you serve. One of the most advantageous things I ever did was sit down with my top clients and ask the owners, can I talk with you and ask you some questions about our industry, about what happens with this? Keep in mind, if, if you ask them to talk about the, your business, yeah, they're, they're going to, uh, you know, they're probably not going to give you the whole answer. But if you can use um, a, a philosophy of, don't ask about your business, ask about your industry. You're going to find out a lot of information because remember, businesses that are using you to do something were using somebody else before you. And they will use somebody after you if you aren't the one that can continue working with them. Remember, it's all the scale ladder of you're doing more and more making it harder and harder for somebody else to get in and do what you do. So if you can talk with them and you can ask them about your industry, you're going to learn, one, what got you in the door, 
Number two, what got them, the people before you, out the door so that you could come in. It also helps you to avoid doing what will eventually get you kicked out and be replaced with somebody else. We don't want that, so we want to learn. You know, I've talked about some of the biggest contract mistakes I made. I, I talked last year about that. And uh, there are things that you just don't know. These companies run the way they do. And if you can get down and just sit there and start to understand more of what is happening, you can be successful and stay in there for a longer period of time. Eventually, you're going to be replaced. But if you can move up the ladder, the, the common things that you're doing every day, if you're doing taxes, somebody needing to have somebody just input you know, invoices and things like that, that's a common thing. Anyone can do that. If you're smart, what you do is you outsource that. You don't take it on yourself. You, you, know, you let your business be what your business can be. And you can outsource to a third party those lower level things. The client doesn't really care how it gets done for the most part. I mean, seriously. Do I care where my mechanic gets his parts from? No. I care that my car comes back to me. My van is in working order when it leaves my mechanic shop. And I don't want to have to have something go wrong two days later. I want that mechanic to know everything. I don't care where they get their parts from. I don't care if they order them off the internet. I don't care if they go down to the local parts shop and get them there. I just want that handled and I'm not unique in that perspective. So we should be thinking about this while we're hacking our business. Go to our clients and figure it out. Look at our business. Find out where we can sit that that client really needs us to be. Look at all of your clients. We're now dealing with ideal clients. That's, that's one of the first principles of business hacking is you don't have customers and clients that you don't like. You will eventually, uh, what is it? Uh, I believe Michael Port says, uh, fire the bottom 10% of your clients every year politely. And if you can build in a relationship with that company to somebody else, then that's a good thing because then you can outsource those kind of clients right from the get-go and you're not dealing with it. So you're hacking your own business. You're looking at best in class and be sure to let go of those clients in a, uh, in a real positive way as much as you can. If you want to outsource them to somebody else, you can. If you simply want to refer them out to somebody, you can. Especially if you've got a relationship with somebody else. You know your business and you're at the top of your game. As you build up, you want to make sure that that bottom 10% that you're firing every year is going to be handled because you know, they may come back to you. They might become a better client. I've, I've seen it happen where they become a better client and they come back to you and they leave where they went to. And they come back and they say, you know, we, we realize our mistake. And you get a chance to reframe the conversation at that point. 
if you choose. But if they're better clients all the way around, you might want to bring them in and think about letting go of another client over here that is also at the, you know, that is now at the bottom of the list and maybe move this company in. So business hacking is not just, it, it's not just tearing things down and trying to go crazy with it. It's actually very studiously, very focused, looking at other businesses, modeling their successes, bringing that success into your business, fine tune it, tweak it, adjust it. Remember, that's always a, a part of this. You've, you've got to tweak, you've got to adjust after you put something in play. You've got to measure it and watch it carefully. You don't want to get caught putting something in your business that isn't, you know, going to help you. And certainly something that might kill your business. It's one of the fastest ways to lose best in class. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap this up here. I'm going to, I'm out in the field today. I'm doing some work. So I'm not in my regular uh, office with my nice microphone. I've just got my simple headset going here on my MacBook. I hope this episode has been useful to you to kind of dispel some of the things that the word hacking has kind of brought on us, but also to give you an opportunity to rethink your business in a way that will continue to bring it closer and closer to best in class. This is Randy, gonna rock it out today, and we're gonna go through Come back tomorrow. I'm not sure what the topic will be tomorrow, but as always, I wish you good luck in your business. Enjoy and have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you soon.